is a Woodside Church podcast. Well, good morning, uh, everyone. Great to have this opportunity again to speak with you. We are continuing our series, which we've called Church Rebooted. Church Rebooted. It's about us exploring what is God saying to us as a people as we begin to emerge out of lockdown, as we begin to think about what it means to return. We trust, we hope and pray into some sort of normality. And we felt God really speak to us about not just returning together and reconnecting and regathering as good as and wonderful that will be, but actually feeling God prompting us and speaking to us about rebooting. Uh, that is looking at the fundamentals of what God has called us to be from his word, particularly looking at Ephesians 4 and uh, and looking at how those uh, uh, words, that chapter particularly describes this beautiful expression of the church being this body which is gifted in multiple ways and our leaders are called to equip and help the church to use all of her gifts in order that the church grows in maturity and in unity. Oh, it's beautiful. So please read Ephesians 4 uh, if you haven't had a chance to recently or even read the whole of that letter. It is rich in truth about who we are as a people and how God wants us to outwork this amazing calling that he has given to each of us. Do you know, it's only a a few days now from when we had our first in-person service. I realise I'm probably a couple of weeks on uh, now when this has been shown, but the first in-person service that we've had for a a number of months, uh, we began this series. And it was remarkable how even before I had preached on uh, on the, the the part one of this me- this series, which is about us being a body and, and contributing, uh, we found in our first in-person services that people were 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 ready and and were bringing words and prayers and prophecies and scriptures during the worship in both meetings, and then after the the after one of the meetings, there was more prophecies and more contributions. And uh, I really felt like, wow, God is God is doing something in us. This isn't just something that that we are feeling uh, uh, is a good idea. It's something that God is working in all of our hearts, it seems. Uh, from that first uh, uh, preach, I've had many messages uh, from people that have viewed the message online, as well as those that were in the in-person services. And so it is very encouraging to feel that together we're hearing God and we have much to unpack, much to learn, but I'm excited by where we are so far. So I hope you are as well. If you haven't heard the other messages, this is part three. Last week we looked at being an evangelistic people and how God wants to use us all to be those that are disciples that make disciples. And there's an adventure that God's got for us, I believe, as we unpack that together, an adventure that we are going to love. I really believe that. Uh, But today we are looking at part three, the next part in our series, how we reboot. And uh, we're particularly looking at those ministries in Ephesians 4, talks about uh, how Christ gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, and he says, pastor teachers, pastor teachers to equip us all to be those who are those that pastor and teach and teach one another. We want to be a pastoring and a teaching people. 
And that's what we're gonna look at today as we get into this subject. Now, just as a point of principle, it, it's important to notice that, that when the writer of this letter to the church in Ephesus and the surrounding churches, he actually described this role and this area as pastoring and teaching. He, he, they were together. Uh, they, he, he, they are not separated. And often we think about, well, there's pastors and there's teachers. So there's people who pastor and there's people who teach. But actually, this role is described as a pastor teacher. And therefore, to us, for us to be equipped, we'd be we're being equipped at pastoring and teaching. And I think it's helpful to see those things going hand in hand. They're like uh, two sides of a coin, if you like. When we care for one another, when we care for a person, we are also looking to bring God's truth into their life. And so those things partner together. Jesus was described as the good shepherd in John chapter 10. And in other parts of the New Testament, he's described as the chief shepherd or the great shepherd. And Jesus is this image of being our, our good shepherd. He cares for us, but he also feeds us like a shepherd would care and feed his sheep. Uh, those two things go hand in hand. And so as we get into this, we're looking at both of those things, how we equip one another, how we realise that God has placed gifts unique, unique in us and are fundamental, fundamental to the life of Woodside Church and in fact any local church. Now we have different ways that we pastor one another in the church. We obviously have the elders and we have the pastoral team on the staff team. And of course, they have an important role, sometimes get involved in, in specialist uh, situations or situations of a nature that need their experience. Also, sometimes it's just their availability uh, of being available during the week is something that's so valuable and helpful. But actually the backbone and the heart and the emphasis of the way we pastor and care and pastor and teach one another uh, is through those leaders. Even on Sundays, we pastor and teach people. But actually the, the heart of what we do and the way we express being a church family together is in our small groups, our community groups, we call them. And in that community life that we so long to express and see, we we see that that is the place where we really pastor and teach the rest of the church. And so that's very much the backbone for all we're doing. In fact, this week I met uh, over Zoom with the coaches. They're the people that oversee the group leaders and support the group leaders, the community group leaders in all that they do. So an amazing team. And it was wonderful to meet with them uh, again. And as we talked, we began to, if you like, dream some dreams and ask ourselves the question, what does it mean for our community groups to be rebooted? What would it mean for us to just step back from the amazing things that God is doing and has done through our groups? And thank you again for the group leaders and our coaches for how they have cared for us and supported us all over this past 12 months or so. 
But if we were to step back, what would we say or what would God say to us for us to be to have our community groups rebooted, have our community groups aligned to to what we read in Ephesians 4? All the all the uh, ministries, in fact, apostles, being apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, but particularly today, what does it mean for us to be those that are pastoring and teaching in our community groups? And so I'd like to unpack this a bit together as we look at what does it mean for us to have community life? They're called community groups for a reason, actually. They're to be a place where New Testament community life is expressed. And within that community life, we see the way we pastor and teach one another. When I was growing up, uh, this phrase was said to me many times. It went something like this. If I told you once, I told you 100 times. Dot, dot, dot. It was probably something like, if I told you once, I told you 100 times, will you please tidy your bedroom? Or will you please pick the clothes off the floor? Or will you please do your homework? If I've told you once, I've told you 100 times. <laughs> um, probably I've said that to my children as they grew up. Uh, you tend to do that, don't you? Things that you remember your mum and dad saying to you, you just find yourself uh, uh, pulling these things from history and uh, and I'm sure I've said that to my kids uh, as as well I say that because of this there is a word that is used in the New Testament at least 100 times think about that there's a particular word it's actually translated into different words in English but it is repeated around 100 times. And this word is central to our understanding what it means for us to be a pastoring and teaching people. What it means for us to realise that each of us are gifted by God to bring something to the life of what it means to be part of a local church family. This word is translated, sometimes it is described as each other, or other times it's like mutually. But the most common way that it's translated is the phrase one another. One another. Just think for a minute that God has planned, ordained, that this word, which is a word, a one word in Greek, that this word would be in our Bibles 100 times. Now, I labour this point for two reasons. One is that in some respects, what you're going to hear today in this message is not going to be uh, fresh revelation. Many of us, if we've been a Christian for some years, or maybe even for a short time, you've probably heard this word mentioned, and you'll be aware that this is something that is repeated in the New Testament. 
So there's no great revelation in this message. I mean, all preachers like to bring something fresh. I think what I'm trying to bring today is a sense of gravitas to something that maybe we've always known, but I'm not convinced we have fully embraced and applied into each of our lives. 100 times. In fact, Jesus himself in John 13 put it this way, a new command I give you, love one another. Love one another as I have loved you so that you must love one another. And he said this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You could turn that round. Jesus is actually saying, if you don't love one another, then you're not truly my disciples. And this is actually quite a statement. We are only disciples of Jesus if we love one another. But we need to ensure that we're in a context and, and, and we find ways in order for us to love one another. Otherwise, we're not being aligned to just this one example of a one another in the New Testament. What I thought would be helpful would be not to read every one another to you. That would take too long. But while I was researching this subject, uh, someone I came across had summarised the one another's and the other ways that this word is translated into different categories. I'd like to just read these to us. Just allow them to, 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 to go deep. And I trust deeper than maybe they've gone before to allow us to understand the significance of what this word means and how it means to how we express our life together as a church family. Love one another. Serve one another. Accept one another. Strengthen one another. Help one another. Care for one another. Forgive one another. Submit to one another. Build trust with one another. Be devoted to one another. Be patient with one another. Be interested in one another. Be accountable to one another. Confess to one another. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be conceited toward one another. Do not pass judgment on one another. Do not slander one another. Instruct or teach one another. Greet one another. Admonish one another. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Meet one another. Agree with one another. Be concerned for one another. Be humble toward one another. Be compassionate to one another. Do not be consumed by one another. Do not anger one another. Do not lie to one another. Do not grumble toward one another. Give preference to one another. Be at peace with one another. Sing to one another. Be of the same mind to one another. Comfort one another. 
Be kind to one another. Live in peace with one another. Carry one another's burdens. We want to really push into becoming a pastoring and teaching people. How do we reboot in this area? I've just got three thoughts to leave with us. The first is this. I think we need to move all groups from being meeting focused to being relationship focused. Now, some of them may already be like this. In fact, maybe many of them, I don't know. But I think this is where we start. I think we need to move away from thinking that group is just a meeting. That's not a context for one another. We need community life. And so the starting place is moving all groups and being meeting focused to relationship focused. Secondly, I think we need to adopt a more facilitating approach to group leadership that releases everyone to use their gifts, everyone to be released in these one another in gifts and other gifts that we could mention. Let me use this illustration. It's a very simple illustration, but it helps to uh, indicate and and show what I mean by this. This first image that should be on your screen now, this can describe sometimes how a group functions. You can have very good leader or leading couple or core team, and essentially they do most, if not all, of what goes on in the life of the group. They lead the evening. They do most, if not all, the pastoral care. In fact, they may be very skilled at that and very good at that. They may do most of the teaching on the evening. They may even host the evening when we're, you know, when we're back in the good old days and we're actually meeting in one, other, one another's homes. Everything is focused on them. Whereas I believe what we need to push into and move towards is something more like this diagram. This is where, yes, there's a leader, but actually there it's it's a it's a it's a family it's a it's a group it's 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 everyone playing their part someone said it's so much easier to do one another in, in circles than in rows we want our groups to be circles the j by the way is jesus in the middle i know that's a little cheesy but but that's what it's about we're not we're not bringing people to ourselves we're actually pointing people to him. And it's he who equips us. It's he who gives gifts. And we want to equip one another. We want to release one another to use all our gifts in order that we can love and care and serve and do all the other one another's amongst us. I was talking to Dan Alina, um, who are some of our coaches, uh, and Dan Alina Sancto. And and they were describing how they've been started a new group fairly recently. And they have asked everyone on the group a leading a particular evening. And so it's, it's given away. I thought, that's it. We've got to have that spirit of give it away. Give it away. And then allow God to come through in someone's life. And yeah, we may make mistakes and we may not do it quite right. But actually, it's how we grow. And we want a place where we are releasing and people take risks and they can make mistakes. And we can encourage them to move again. And within that, we get all of what God has for us. The last one is I think we need to think about how do we create a community life in your group, in your community? 
where it creates a place where each and every one contributes. I realise that we are still in lockdown and so we're, we're a little way from really being able to express this. But I think it's something we can think about now, even as we look towards the next few months and how things may begin to open up. What does it look like for us to create community life? I've just got a few ideas. I think we've got to look at how we, you know, we have fun together as well as we have a meeting together. I think we even got to think about that, that uh, having a, a group social, that can actually just be another meeting. That's not community life. Eating together is a wonderful way that we do that. Spending time doing things with one another. I think we've got to look at ways of how we create being family together. Some people sadly have never experienced real family and we have an opportunity in our groups to be family, to be brothers and sisters, to be mums and dads, to be sons and daughters and involve our whole families in that with the young and the old expressing that family life. I think we need to pray for it. Community life is a miracle. Jesus uh, said, Jesus prayed for, for unity within his followers in John 17. So we need to pray for community life. It's a God thing that God does as he unites us together and releases his gift in amongst us. And lastly, we need to model it. Our group leaders, we need to model what this looks like. Lead the way so others can follow. So there we have it. It's not complicated, actually, but it's, it's completely transforming. We are called to be a people that pastor and teach one another. God has placed gifts in you and me and others that actually he wants to release. And he wants to use us to be there for each other and together to grow in maturity as we, as we step out in faith in all that God has planned for us. So we are a people that are not only an evangelistic people, we are pastoring, teaching people. Let's pursue this together. Amen. Well, that's it for me. Thank you so much. Great to be with you again. I look forward to next week when we look at being a prophetic people. That's about being a spirit-filled people. I'm excited about that one. Lots to share, lots to talk about. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.